The first principle is about holism, that is to look at the system as one system by itself, unique and interconnected, right? So if you are able to see the system as this interconnected network that everything that happens in one point of the system is uh, impacting in other parts of the system, you are more able to design to generate a positive impact in each part of the system. And this is one of them, the most important one. This is Simone Cicero, the host of the Bandless Conversations podcast, an ongoing exploration on the future of platforms and ecosystems. These conversations help us make sense of what's coming next with platform business models, the dynamics of marketplaces, business ecosystems, and much more. Join me, my regular co-host Sina Heikila and other guests as we explore new perspectives about how we organize a scale in a rapidly changing world. Hello, hello everybody. Uh, Stina Heikila here. I'm just going to provide a little short introduction to the episode today so that uh, you know what to expect. In this episode, we have Lucia Hernandez with us, who is actually a teammate and uh, she's the regenerative business lead in Boundaryless. And we're having a conversation about what uh, she has called uh, regenerative platform business models. In the last two years, Lucia has been studying this intersection between regenerative design and platform design in order to help public and private organizations in adopting a more regenerative platform ecosystem mindset. So what we start with in this um, episode is really to talk about what do we mean by this regenerative mindset. Uh, Lucia has consolidated six core principles for regenerative platform uh, business models, uh, and we go through them uh, really zooming in on one of the founding principles that say that is called holism, uh, and really pushing us to think in systems and how different entities of the system connect to each other and how that relates to the concept of regeneration. We see that there's a lot of resonance between the the different, um, let's say, dynamics involved in regenerative design and platform ecosystem design, especially from the point of view of designing for something that is much more alive, that is emergent, uh, that we're not trying to control in every step of the process. So a very big shift away, let's say, from the very centralized, controlled industrial processes and much more mimicking nature, being in tune with nature. Uh, So this leads us into thinking uh, a lot about the context and how a lot of the, the organizations that we have seen in the industrial age have been very insensitive to context, whereas regenerative business models really require you to, to take this context in into account and also to some extent embody this feeling of what is it that brings life uh, and how do we regenerate uh, life within the system. So this really led us to to explore different um, aspects of also the evolution of platform ecosystem developments that we have seen. How do we think about decentralization and the limits of place when you, when you think about designing really entangled with landscape, etc. But also, how do you look at nature and, and try to think uh, about abundance and how do you actually design for uh conditions that are conducive to life and that can create the abundance that we can see, for instance, in nature. So a very nice chat and uh, hope that you will enjoy it. You can, of course, find all the references on our webpage, boundaryless.io. You'll find the episode there uh, with transcripts and all the notes that you need. So let's enjoy the episode. 
Welcome everybody back at the Boundaryless Conversations podcast. Uh, together with me today, there is my usual uh, co-host, Stina Heikila. Hello, everyone. And we also have another teammate today for a little special uh, episode. Uh, with us, we have today Lucia Hernandez. Hi, Simone. Hi, Stina. Ciao, Lucia. And uh, uh, Lucia is, is uh, with us uh, today to discuss a very important topic, uh, I would say central to, to today's conversations that we are having on many fronts, uh, the topic of uh, um, re- regenerative platforms. Uh, Lucia is, our, uh, is one of our teammates. Uh, she had this uh, passion and interest uh, to discover and, and uh, uncover how the principles of uh, regenerative uh, Uh, thinking could be applied to our bread and butter uh, platform and ecosystems uh, thinking. Uh, So she embarked in this research. And uh, Lucia, uh, I'm uh, really much excited uh, today to expose our listeners to to your work. Uh, So maybe as a starting point, I would like to ask you to just frame a bit uh, where this idea of uh, regenerative uh, Uh, thinking comes from you you know sometimes you told me it's a movement so i I would really be interested to understand a bit more of the roots of this movement uh, uh, and uh, maybe some of the most important uh, thinkers behind it Uh, just give us a little bit of a frame of where is it coming from okay so the the first place where the term was uh, used it was in a in a book from buckminster fuller talking about how regenerative, um, well, is, is related to life, no? Uh, in 1980, the term was coined to define regenerative agriculture, that is called permaculture. And then from that moment, in, it was applied or it has been applied to other fields like urbanism, architecture, finance, uh, production, value chains, or how to look at the value chains that they don't, call them value chains because they think that they this is very linear and they talk about value ner- networks, for example, and also in leadership and, and organizations and how you organize internally in order to create really regenerative products and services. Thank you so much. And um, I know that you have... Uh, uh put together um, a set of uh, principles, right, where... where um, you know, trying to mix together essentially platform thinking and regenerative thinking. Maybe we can go uh, quickly uh, through those principles to help frame a bit the conversation for our listeners, right? Six principles, so it's not too many. And uh, for our listeners, we're also going to link to Lucia's uh, blog post where she goes through them. But maybe it's a good idea to quickly touch upon the six principles uh, so, so, so to use them as a conversation starter. Okay, yes. The, the idea it was in, in these last two years I was studying and researching about how uh, regenerative design and platform design could interact or where are the confluences between the two. As you know, um, platform design is a mindset and regenerative design is also a mindset. There are a lot of authors that are talking about uh, regeneration or regenerative design principles in order to design from them to create that organizations or products or services that are regenerative in their context. 
Among them, there are the ones from John Fullerton, from the founder of Capital Institute, Bill Reed from Genesis Group, or you can also inspire, be inspired by Janine Benius uh, with the Biomimicry Institute. There are others. <clears throat> there are also one company that is called Enridem that is uh, creating this regenerative framework in order to create or design organizations to be regenerative from inside. To the outside, no. This is a process that normally start or begins internally, in order to expand externally. Then I I was uh, trying to to do that, no, to mix the principles from platform design to mix with the principles of regenerative design, and it came up this um, these six principles that is um, that all all of them are inter- interconnected. Well, you can use one of them that is holism, that is the most the more general, the most general one. But the, the idea is really to use them as interconnected principles. So the first principle is about holism, that is to look at the system as one system by itself, unique, yeah, and interconnected, right? So if you are able to see the system as this um, interconnected network that everything that happens in one point of the system is uh, impacting in other parts of the system, you are more able to really to design to generate a positive impact in each part of the system. And this is one of the the most important ones. The other is is about potential, because at the end, potential is something that is inherent to the quality or character of an entity. And I think that this fits very well with platform design since... um, at the end, in platform design, you leverage all the potential or the uniqueness of each of the entities inside the, the platform. So, so if you can design intentionally for the people to express their potential, you really can create a space where they can evolve and they can, they can develop. The other one is development. That is uh, super interesting because at the end, you can have development if you don't intentionally design for that. So you can create the space for the entities in the ecosystem in order to really uh, to have this development that they need or to create uh, better opportunities for them to develop or to, to do a better performance. The fourth one is uh, interconnectedness because we are inter- interconnected uh, in, in the system. Uh, so if we can see this uh, idea of that we are uh, relational social beings interacting all the time with each other and, and with our environment, you can really think about how to empower these interactions or relationships between the or in the system. The other is about emergence, that this is a term that is used in service design and this is about that, no? that um, refers to the properties or behaviors which emerge only when the entities are interacting in, and, and I think that this is one of the most interesting principles because at the end is in a group of people in co-creation, it uh, can emerge something that is bigger than the that the ones that or that the thing that can emerge just from the isolated individuals in the system. So if you allow this emergence, you are also fighting with uh, control and and then you can let the the system really or the entities in the in the system emerge and and do and use their uniqueness and their interconnectedness and using the the 
the platform or the spaces that are uh, has been created in order to create new things, new products, new ideas, new services, whatever they need in order to to really to 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 do their, their job or their activity. And the last one is, uh, is about evolutionary. I think that this is something that we also comment on, on platforms, that uh, platforms are these future sensing engines. And then if you can really, um, yeah, take into account or listening to the ecosystem all the time in order to, or to the ecosystem and also to the context where you are applying your strategy, you can really create a space for, uh, for evolution and for being relevant in the market and for sure to give all the time or to respond all the time to the needs of the of the users of this system i think that this is um, this is a framework at the end you can use it in order to design from them to regenerate the damaged ecosystems or as a principle of design and yeah more or less it's about that so let me just highlight uh, some points for you, for our listeners, and then I will lend it over to Stina that I know has a, has a question. So uh, very interesting. You 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 uh, just as a recap, you you offer uh, holism as a founding principle, let's say, and on top of that you have these five pillars, right? Uh, potential, development, interconnectedness, emergence, and evolutionary. So these are these five keywords, let's say, that you use. From listening to you, I see essentially a couple of clusters, let's say, of ideas. One is the idea of um, essentially creating a space that can produce something uh, different from what uh, uh, is in the vision of the designer, let's say, when you say, for example, emergence and development. Uh, So I think uh, this is a very key point for our platform designers uh, to keep in mind. So if if you design a platform and you want to make it regenerative, uh, maybe you have to create this uh, to be uh, open to the space evolving in new directions. And I see that uh, emerging from the space, uh, especially, for example, l- let me make an example on a platform that we just covered uh, recently uh, called uh, uh, Brain Trust, uh, where they are using uh, tokens to give uh, participants in the ecosystem the potential to you know, basically to participate in the strategy and uh, to design new directions where the platform can go. And this is a fairly uh, big opening from the perspective of the designers and the and the owners of the platform, or the original owners, I would say, because in this in this in this case we are talking about uh, distributed ownership platform. But let's say the original designers are making it possible for the platform uh, to evolve in new directions which are not in their control. And I think this. Connects very well with this idea of emergence and, and development. Then, on the other side, another cluster that I see is a cluster that essentially resonates with this idea that uh, you have to listen to the ecosystem. Uh, that is a big principle of our platform design approach. Uh, when you say, for example, potential, the idea to look into the characters of the entities in the ecosystem and uh, essentially designed for them instead of uh, imposing on them a certain idea that uh, uh, that you have. I, I think uh, this is essential. It's a big uh, uh, friction that uh, uh, we see in, uh, uh, I would say, in a traditional 
uh, industrial uh, approach to to building a business when you have uh, i would say a company or you know designer having a certain idea if in, and imposing that uh, through uh, leverage through technology for example or money just uh, to the ecosystem and so i think these are these were worth underlining uh, for our listeners to to start identify some key thinking points uh, moving forward uh, stina thank you so much like uh, my question is uh, maybe if we can uh, just step back uh, a little bit and really to think about the intent and the intention and the mindset that you were mentioning uh, lucia in the beginning when you started to talk about regeneration as a kind of movement uh, because i think something that maybe we can uh, clarify a bit is So what is it that unites uh, the regenerative movement? What is it that, let's say, this movement is trying to achieve? And maybe we can be more explicit because we said, okay, holism as a founding principle, but and how is the balance there? I guess what I'm trying to get to is sort of balance between nature, conditions for life, and uh, humanity in a way. Uh, And I'm sure that you have a lot of thoughts around that, you know, like what what is it really that makes this movement stand out and what are they trying to sort of achieve in the bigger system? I think that this is a, a quote from from Gregory Bateson, no? that uh, the, the difference is between how we see the world and how the world uh, is, is operating, really operating, right? So, and it's also the words about, from Pritjo Capra talking about how all climate change, uh, migrations, uh, water crisis, uh, instability, loss of biodiversity, whatever. All of them are really um, systemic problems because we see this separation about we and, uh, and nature. We, we need to, to really to get the point of uh, looking at everything as this unique system, interconnected, and then we are going to understand better how all is impacting in each part of the system and how we can, if we, uh, if we are able to do it, how we can really uh, create actions in some parts of the system in order to create a more positive uh, feedback on the, on the other parts of the system. So the idea is that, no, that, that we have serious problems with um, Mother Earth and with, uh, with our, our environment, and we need to really to change our mind in how we address these uh, kind of uh, problems, right? So we, we really need to look at this system as this unique system alive and, and just trying to understand how we can deal with this uh, complexity, looking or being inspired by how nature works. So I think that this the, the, moment, the movement of uh, regeneration is basically what they want to bring is that idea of we need to really to start thinking about this unique system, not to think about or not to feel this as a separation, the, this idea of we are separate from the source at the end, because uh, if you think about fashion, for example, no, you, I, I don't know how many people ask themselves where or how is um, made the, the clothes. No? And then, uh, there are a lot of fashion companies that are trying to really to go to the to the base or to the source of the raw materials and trying to understand how they can really or how the, the their providers can really become regeneratives in order to move on in their value change on network 
in order to really create something that is uh, more regenerative for, for everybody. And the other thing that I think that is also interesting is, is this, um, Simone talked about this, um, this idea of these new organizations that are um, emerging as uh, distributed governance, like um, distributed autonomous organizations, right? Or tokens are, and all that. And I think that is also a very interesting trend that is happening in, in the platform economy. It's about the individual, for sure, because it's about the uniqueness of the individual in the system. But I think that we are, um, as, as the beginning of the collaborative economy, no, or the sharing economy, that we started to think about how the, the peers could produce value in the system. And this is something that platforms uh, did really well, introduce or integrate the, the individual, the, the persons, uh, people in the, in the pro- production of value. And I think that we are following this uh, kind of mindset of how we can be more independent in the way that we run our lives, our businesses, our whatever. No, so we are. I would say that we are like uh, waking up and and trying to understand better how we are in this system, what is our role in this system, and who and how we can contribute to to a better future for for everyone. Yeah, thank you. I think like the this is what I uh, I needed personally, like as a kind of addition, because it's uh, when you see those clusters that also Simone was talking about. You know, let participants develop, let things emerge, uh, listen to the ecosystem, and so on. But but then at the same time, uh, what is it then that we are trying to design? And I think you brought up like it's all this a little bit like mimicking nature. And letting this holism and, and the non-separation between nature and society, let that be the conditions that we are working within um, somehow, let's say. Uh, so I think that really helped, uh, helped me to get a clearer view on actually what we are talking about in terms of regeneration. I think uh, that's an interesting passage, right? Because uh, as Lucia said, when this collaborative economy started and platform economy started, uh, it was a decisive shift uh, towards um, empowering producers, right? So it's uh, to some extent uh, embodying uh, part of the the idea of regenerative uh, economies, right? Uh, Empowering, enabling, and so on. And now we are seeing also uh, with the example I, I made with brain trust and the reference to the AOs, uh, DAOs and, and so on, we are seeing the ecosystem taking more responsibility and more and a broader role in shaping the in the direction. So to some extent is uh, an expression of uh, uh, holism because the whole takes the lead, let's say. But I'm wondering if, and you know, this is more like an open reflection that I that I uh, pass back to you, Lucia, and then to Stina, if you want to add some. Uh, I'm wondering if um, shouldn't we look into more uh, more more of a paradigm shift? Uh, so more than these uh, progressive steps towards um, an idea of uh, regenerative business that uh, maybe is good to suit our. Uh, uh, let's say uh, anxiety for the world, but it's more like a, just a progressive uh, step by step. Uh, not enough, let's say, you know, to really to really change uh, the direction. Uh, shouldn't we look into more of a paradigm shift? And what, what do I mean with that? I mean a paradigm shift that maybe 
I don't know, maybe it's more ambitious in terms of uh, making a, a discontinuity between the business as we know it today and as uh, it should be. On the other hand, I must say, uh, I'm wondering if I'm be, am I being naive in thinking that a paradigm shift will come and save us, let's say, right? So it could be also seen as a na- naive uh, way of thinking. So maybe... Uh, the evolution is everything we have as, as, as human society, and we, we don't need to look necessarily into something that is a, a big paradigm shift. But it appears that the world is on the brink of uh, major shifts, right? If you think about how the ecological situation is uh, dire, our social systems are, uh, you know, I don't want to be, I don't want to say on the brink of collapsing, but some of them are already collapsed, like, you know, the energy system or supply chains these very days. So the, the question, uh, you know, the, the final reflection that I pass to you is, is this way of thinking about regenerative business, a regenerative platform, really enough? Or shouldn't we think of something more ambitious? And, and how could uh, this ambition be represented or, or, or express itself uh, into the, the world of how we organize? Yeah, I think that uh, in general, we are more mature as a society, right? And organizations need to really think about how they, what is their role in in society, but also how they can take responsibility about what they do. I think that this is something that is really needed. But it's not only organizations, because I I don't see or I don't think that uh, our organizations that are safe are going to save me or save us. I would say that uh, we as an individual's, we have also to think or to really uh, look at, uh, yeah, look inside and and think uh, how we can really connect with our desires of doing good or for taking care of what is important for us, the environment, and so on. And this is, I think, something that, uh, in general, but uh, in general in all organizations, but also for for sure in platforms that they are not really good at looking at the, at the context that they are operating, right? So this is, I think, one of the um, yeah of the challenge of um, most of the platforms in general, most of the organizations, and how they are impacting with their business in, in the context that where they are operating. And this is something that is going to change everything. I remember to listening to a podcast from one, the director of um, sustainability from General Milks and talking, and she was talking about how just thinking about context, some of the principles of regeneration, no context about development, about holism, or about how we are interconnected or how everything is interconnected, change everything in their uh, in their business, in the decisions that they took or that they are taking in, in, in their business. Basically, because mm, never before was so easy for the people working on the company on, on really integrating the values of sustainability, because you know that uh, you can't be sustainable if you are not regenerative. So... If you want to be sustainable, really, you need to think about um, being regenerative. So I think that this is a, this is the thing that is super interesting for me because at the end, it's about wars. Maybe it's about a framework. For sure, it's a mindset. But the same as in platform design, when you are integrated uh, platform mindset, you are uh, capable of looking or seeing platforms around all around. 
And the same is with regeneration. No, Once you have integrated regenerative mindset, you can see regeneration in everything you do or any, in everything that you can do. And I think that this is the, the, the really the, the shift um, that, yeah, the, really the change where uh, it needs to, to come from, from our, from, and this is something that I think that is complementary to platform design because platform design, as I see, is more about looking at the ecosystem and designing for them. And this is super relevant. But I think that we also need to look inside us, inside our organizations, who, how we are creating the spaces for development, for showing uh, really the uniqueness of the people that are working to create the space or safe spaces in order to to really to, to let the emergence to to be or to to emerge, and and how we can from this loop or positive loop circular circular completely circular how we can start with this looking uh, is this this virtual cir- circle about inner outer right it's like uh, c- completely um, in in movement and so i think that this is one of the most interesting things how we look at ourselves and we can create also the boundaries and the the space for uh, development and from that perspective or that um, lens how we can create uh, better spaces for the ecosystem mm-hmm. i mean this sounds like a candidate for this paradigm shift no because if you if you talk about uh, you know what i get from you in these passages uh, something like context right uh, context is very important and uh, in, uh, emotions are very important and uh, relationships are very important and uh, and place uh, is very important, and and uh, and so I'm thinking of that maybe we have been thinking about decentralization too much, and what we should have been thinking a bit more. Maybe it's um, embodiment, right? So more than just decentralizing for the sake of uh, you know having different shape of the network, uh, we have to uh, consider that these networks need to be entangled with the landscape, entangled with relationships with people. Uh, so that sounds like a massive paradigm shift, right? Because nothing in the current uh, model of the economy we have is connected with our emotions, right? There's no role for uh, feelings, emotions of people. Everything is uh, developed on a, on a productive, uh, uh, rational and uh, acted dimension. So I think this can be a good point to come back. Uh, uh, to come back before leaving it to Stina. Uh, I would like to ask you maybe a, just a quick reflection on on place, right? Because place seems to be a massive part of this um, re-entanglement and embodiment of the of the economy. I know that some of the people you have been researching uh, with and 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 about uh, have have been have been doing a lot of work on on place based economies. So, w- what is the role of place? What is the role of landscape? Uh, Especially as uh, we live in cities, most of us live in cities or in semi-rural places where uh, landscape have disappeared uh, from our from our perception. Uh, so, 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 what is the role of a place-based economies and, and thinking into the regenerative uh, uh, thinking and regenerative platform uh, discussion? So, it's key. Place is key in the development on, of uh, products and services uh, in the regenerative uh, design movement. 
maybe there are differences between, for example, in, in any case, because I was thinking about tourism, for example, no, in, in tourism is is key to think about the place. And this is something that I think that this is the most, or one of the most powerful traits of platform design, because at the end, because you are a distributed network, you can really impact locally, right? So you can have your narrative or your storytelling, your value proposition, whatever uh, whatever is connected or is being used as, as the glue of the, of the network. But in any case, the impact is local. Because of that, you can, can't replicate solutions in one place or in another because it's completely linked to the place where uh, the product, service or whatever uh, is being developed. So place is key in order to really to understand the context where you are developing the solution. And is key also in understanding the cultural elements or the um, societal and how they work, how they behave, whatever, no? So I think that this is something that makes it or link it to platform design could be very powerful because platforms do that, right? So they distribute the value creation among the system and, and then you can really work with this idea of designing in the place where you are operating. And I guess that this uh, also means really uh, something that we also touched upon. Okay, decentralizing the impact, let's say that you were saying, unfortunately, we have also seen a lot of negative decentralized impact of the platform economy as uh, some parts of it, let's say, uh, has evolved. I'm thinking, of course, about like gig workers and, and various things like that. So it's really now coming to that paradigm shift that we were talking about, like if we can also decentralize the power and the agency uh, of those who are part of the ecosystem, that's where we can really start to entangle, embody and, and sort of embed with the place, I think. Um, but actually, I also had another question for you in that context, because maybe... If I if I take a bit of a less uh, optimistic view on on you know uh, that the players in our ecosystem really want to do something uh, regenerative or you know you were talking about this inside outside and the work that we have to do a bit with our ourselves this is key because for for now if we are following uh, sort of that paradigm which is more about efficiency production etc it seems hard to reconcile that with uh, the sort of regenerative framework in a way. Uh, and I think you have done also some thinking in terms of the mindset of maybe abundance versus scarcity. So what does it mean in the context that you are describing, uh, Lucia, to, to adopt the sort of abundance mindset? Uh, or on the other hand, what would it look like if we go more for like a scarcity uh, mindset and, and really trying to think about limiting conditions maybe if we think that we need to adopt like a kind of abundance mindset within this framework or if we think about like on the other hand uh, this kind of austerity and and something's going to give in all of this because otherwise uh, we won't manage to to get right. there in a way so i don't know if you want to share uh, just a bit on how you are thinking about those questions within the work that you do on regeneration so two, two things one is about the gig workers or gig economy I think that uh, the same that platform cooperativism was born as an opposition of 
platforms or capitalist, more, more capitalist platforms, the creator economy is being born or uh, is, is emerging as an opposition also to the geek uh, economy. So what does it mean for me? At the end is that we are looking because we are more mature and we have the elements and we have the technology and we have platforms in order to really to generate incomes with our activity in these platforms is emerging these big, 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 I would say, I, I don't want to say movement because um, maybe it's, it's like a, or it's a way of doing that is based on the individuals creating incredible things being supported by all the apps and all the platforms that are around or that emerging or it has been creating uh, to support them. So I think that this is very important because this is a global trend and we need to look at these global trends in order to understand how we are moving and where are we we going with uh, this idea. So distributed, yes. Distributed in the way of the gig economy, no, but distributed in the way of the creator economy that is more about giving the individuals the independence or the autonomy in order to create their own businesses. Yes, and this is local for sure. And and then the other thing is that, well, second thing is that um, regeneration is a process. And this is something that uh, in my case, I feel like, it keeps me calm because at the end it's not about that I need to, regeneration is not a goal. Regeneration is a process that you start as you start, for example, uh, personal development. Yeah, there is no the goal that I want to be regenerative or I want to whatever, no, to, yeah, to, to feel a regeneration. No, no, it's, it's more about, no, it's a process that I start and then I go step by step feeling better in the process that I uh, intentionally or I intentionally uh, started. So this is something that I think that is also in, in very important to, to say. The other thing is about abundance. No, so Nature is, is about abundance. Uh, living systems is about abundance. Uh, if you look at a forest, it's about abundance. So if you, this is my feeling, of course, it's not very formal, but I feel abundance when I am close to nature. So I don't know if you have ever gone looking for asparagus or mushrooms, but there is an abundance that is amazing. So I normally don't take more that I can take on my hand because if not, I can really start to sell them because it's so abundant that you can really start a business with that. So um, I think that abundance is about, is about a state of mind. And then you can feel it or not. But if you feel it, you really feel, feel very well. Stina, I don't know. Maybe I want to offer uh, for our listeners as well, you know, the, the reflection on the point that Lucia uh, made that we we often been talking about this idea of scarcity and abundance and trying to push some realism in terms of trying to explain how a new thesis of organizing uh, at scale through platforms, whatever, uh, it needs to factor in some kind of uh, um, uh, sacrifice, let's say, you know, some kind of austerity, as you said, uh, using a, a term uh, coming from uh, the idea of conviviality. But maybe 
you know, maybe in terms of, for example, reducing externalities and, and uh, uh, you know, f- for example, if you think about uh, embedding an organization inside a landscape, uh, for example, you have to think about that uh, uh, you, can all, you can limit uh, the use of resources, you should limit the use of resources that are outside of that landscape, right? And of course, we have been also uh, running a fantastic episode on progress uh, with, uh, with Jason, uh, we spoke about this idea also of uh, trying to be real you know, and not be naive in thinking that uh, globalization is done and uh, we are going to stop trading and uh, whatever, you know, because all these things have an impact in terms of externalities. But the point I think that is coming from this conversation, that which I believe it could be really uh, a basis for a new type of research, is that if you think about how also the concept of austerity is uh, presented by Illich um, as a as a as a positive term? So, and he, he in the preface uh, in the preface, sorry, of uh, uh, tools for conviviality, if, if I remember well, he reconnects with a text from Aquinas, uh, where essentially this idea of austerity is seen as a way to connect with the others. So it's a way it's a way to find maybe a new type of different type of abundance which is not about what we consume but it's an abundance in terms of uh, I don't know how to say the relational abundance we can really have if we imagine a new organizational model that is based on collaborating with each other in the place in the landscape uh, creating value for each other and so on. So to some extent I would say that maybe there are two facets uh, um, in this transition where, where you say something has to give. Yes, something has to give, but maybe on the other side we can find something else that is really what we, we as humans, crave for, which is uh, uh, relationships, which is emotions, which is how we relate to each other uh, and so on. Of course, I think we also have to consider that in thinking about the regenerative, regenerative economies, there is a need to really uh, reconnect w- w- with uh, the limits of the of the context, uh, because as for example, when we had Daniel, yeah, Daniel Boal on the podcast, he said uh, something very interesting that health is a property of a nested system. So I think this is maybe something we can reflect a little bit more about. So how do we build platforms in a way that they are nested in our mm-hmm. landscapes, in our families, in our communities, and so on? So platform designers listening to this podcast, you have to think through this. Uh, you have to challenge your ideas of uh, you know, scalable models and so on. If they are not connected with the context, these models cannot really generate health. That's something that you have to factor in. What do you think, uh, Lucia? Yeah, totally agree. I think that this this idea of austerity, you know, if austerity is about really live and be happy with what you have, if austerity for me has to do with taking the sparrows that fits in your hand and being happy with it and without wanting to accumulate, I think that this is the way that I live uh, abundance as well no this it seems like a two two face of the of the same coin um i am i agree also about the uh, relationship there is this this research no that uh, was um, looking or observing people during 
an amount time of I mean I think that 40 years or something like that and those that are were more happy were were the ones that have better or more close relationships right so I think this is something that yeah we are social beings and we we need people and we need uh, being in community and and because of that the the term of nested is so important also because um, at the end we are individual nested in a family nested in a community or a neighborhood nested in a whatever no in a city and and so on so this is something that also yeah for me is lo- like um being more comfortable with uh, with the idea that you are not alone and that uh, that you can really be supported by your nested systems in order to that, no, to to be more happy, because at the end, everyone wants wants thing, no, the, to to be happy and to to stay well and so on. One one thing that I was reflect, reflecting about is uh, maybe as a closure before maybe leaving it to you to give some pointers. I think uh, we, we get somewhere um, in terms of recasting our uh, some idea of uh, um, success in a broader context of health. Uh, and another thing that is on our radar since a while now is this idea of uh, uh, moving away from a perspective of uh, trade into a perspective of investing and creating wealth. Uh, and I think from what we have been exchanging today, uh, this resonates a lot with some ideas of uh, uh, so-called community wealth. Uh, for example, I can point our listeners to the work of uh, Marjorie Kelly on, on this topic. Uh, this idea of community wealth, so this idea that, uh, yes, we can create wealth, we can uh, invest our time, our energy, our money, whatever, behind just looking into you know, having economies of happiness or economies of uh, interactions and relationships, uh, uh, we can look into creating wealth and investing. But it needs to be wealth that it is in itself, it needs to be embedded in the, in, in the context. So it cannot be just money, you know, because money is not, it's by definition, you know, Nora will agree, Nora Bateson, that also was on our podcast a few, few uh, months ago, will agree. Uh, once you transactionalize uh, something, and money is, you know, the herald of, uh, of transactionalization, you really erase completely the context. So again, Investing, wealth creation can be part of our thesis of organizing, but it needs to be wealth that is embedded in the context, in the relationships, in the landscape, and so on. So community wealth is another probably probably is another area, topic that we should be exploring uh, in connection with this idea of creating regenerative uh, platforms. Uh, well, that was that was a very deep uh, conversation, Lucia. I don't know if you have some closing notes, and then maybe you can point the 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 listeners to some of where they can read your your work or connect with you. Yeah, for sure. Just just to to finish and to talk about this this thing about the the wealth. I think that is super interesting because the regenerative uh, design frameworks that I studied in in these two years. If you want to start with you need to do in in one moment of the process an assessment of the health of the system. So I think that, of course, to really to to generate this this wealth, you need to to that no to 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 do an assessment of of how is healthy how healthy is the is the system. I think that this this is super interesting. 
it's not very tangible because it's like uh, how we can do that. But I think that there is no, uh, even there is no uh, definition or, or a formal definition about what, what regeneration is. I think that thinking about this, you know, how we can create the right conditions for all life uh, to thrive and to flourish, uh, including for sure everybody, um, I would say human and non-human stakeholders in the equation, I think that this is the base of, of everything and using the principles as, as a, that, no? just as an inspiration in order to design. If you want to, to read something about uh, regeneration, I wrote two articles about regenerative platform business models and the second one about um, the principles of regenerative platforms is, um, well, is something that uh, I, I started to think about and it's just um, the beginning because I am still learning. I'm happy to learn with others, of course, and to, to move on in this idea of how we can regenerate, of how we can scale regeneration through platform models. So thank you. Thank you, Lucia. I think uh, just a final comment on my end is that what started to to be almost seem like a, a contradiction, I think, through this uh, conversation, I mean, between scarcity and abundance, through this last part of the conversation, this really turns out to be, like you mentioned, like the kind of two sides of the same coin. And it really, it really depends on how how we look at things and really how we embed it in, in the context that it, it's it's actually not contradictory at all. So so thank you for the conversation. Thank you so much. Uh, thank you, Lucia. Uh, thank you, Stina. And uh, to our listeners, uh, catch up soon. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Bandless Conversations podcast. We truly hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, please share this episode on social media, review our show on any major distribution platform, and don't forget to subscribe for new episode releases. Stay tuned on boundless.io for our latest news and updates. There, you can also find our free design tools, opportunities to learn how to use them, and connect directly with us to use our help in designing your platform strategies and organizational transformations for the age of ecosystems. We also want to thank Walter Mobilia at Leo Sound for the ad hoc music.